tuned in to another episode of the Animal Control Report with your hosts. Did you say tuning? No, I said tuned in. <laughs> every time. Every time. Tuned in. Ashley Bishop. <laughs> and Daniel Ettinger. Well, welcome to another episode. You know, we have some fun stuff going on. You probably missed our training. Well, my training, the verbal de-escalation that I did online. I'm going to start doing more of those. So check out the website, keepithumane.com for info on some virtual training. And I'm trying to price it out a way that is just affordable for everyone. So 25 bucks for the last one wasn't bad. And, uh, you know, I offer discounts for multiple people from the same agency. So definitely check that out. My dog says check it out too. He's behind me uh, making noise. So if he likes it, then it's got to be good. Yeah, also, if he has any idea what you're talking about. He knows I'm talking. And then also, <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't, forget to use, again. <laughs> don't forget to use discount code ACREPORT for 10% off your order there if you are purchasing from our web store. So good stuff. Uh, Facebook. What's the other thing? Instagram. Instagram. TikTok. All those things. We don't have a Tinder, though. So that's different. That's a different that's social That's an all media. you. That's a, that's a different social media thing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just uh, thanks for listening. What, what what you got over there, Bishop? Well, I'm over the wildfires in Canada, as I'm sure most of the Canadians are as well. It'd be interesting to see if we could talk to somebody, you know, some of our brothers and sisters up there that are fighting those wildfires. Mm, that just has to be in so I can't even imagine having to deal with a fire on that that scope. I just dealing with the smoke and air quality the way we are down here because of them, which usually we don't get hit from like the California fires and that, but holy cow, it's a whole new ball game over here lately. It, and it seems like when I was living in Colorado for those that no, I do not live there anymore. But when I was there, we definitely had our, we would get fired, like the smoke from California. And it seemed like the last three, four years, five years, there was always some point of time in the summer where it was just ridiculous. And so that emergency preparedness is so important dealing with, dealing with, you know, those moments because if you're you know part of the emergency plan with animal control you're going to be out dealing with that for a very very long time mm-hmm. so, have you ever been part of the emergency plans yeah so a couple times i've i've been trying to think well yeah there's been a couple times i've actually been active in some ways and then also just always you have to like prep for it. So we would do a mock, basically in a mock evacuation with our volunteers and our cart team and uh, the cart team, what's that stand for? Community animal response team, I think. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and so what we would do is we would put together scenarios and then you'd have to like work with your vol. So like animal control might work with a volunteer or volunteers may help with the setup of the kennels things like that. And so you're bringing animal, like you're getting dispatched like you would in a, in a way like, Hey, there's a, a dog or a cat or a turtle that needs rescued from this house. And then you would go grab it, you know, post it or however you would do it. And then you'd bring it um, to the emergency shelter that you'd make. Uh, I was involved. So like I've been called out for a few different things like flood warnings and fires, but never had to actually get active, but I was involved, uh, what years is like seven years ago when a um, trailer driving from texas listen to that can you hear that emergency <laughs> sirens? that's yes, perfect that did not get edited in folks uh but when i was um in the mountains a trailer transporting 100 dogs from texas to washington got into an accident oh and so we had to quickly create an emergency response. And I was pretty unorthodox with it in the aspect because this was a rescue transporting the dogs. It wasn't individually owned dogs. 
I kind of went about it a little bit different. And it made People Magazine, by the way. Uh, so shout out to me. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, but in, in that aspect of uh, just, you know, being able to quickly provide care to these animals, it was a great community effort. So that was pretty awesome. We don't see much up here for issues like that. I know our uh, emergency management team had asked me a couple of years ago if I would be the lead on uh, the animal side of things if we ever needed to. And I said, yes. And honestly, one of the best things that I had available to me at the time for training was some of the deployments I did with the ASPCA just to see how they put their shelters together. Um, so that was really good training for that, I thought. But I've, we've never been called out for anything. Yeah, I, I totally think that those any any type of emergency preparedness or dealing with large-scale impounds will prep you for that. So I think that's really good. Absolutely. Well, let's get our guest on. Guest on. Words don't work. Today. <laughs> I, I want to introduce Universe Day Anna. Wait, Day on Anda. Did I say that okay? There you go. Second I time. Suck, <laughs> I suck at names. I knew he was going to mess it up as soon as he asked you. Universe Day Anda. I love it. Uh, talk a, well quickly. Uh, where's the name come from? That's cool. I, I, I was really wondering that. You know, everybody asks that question. <laughs> and uh, it's about to get sad for a second, but oh, my father man. gave me that name and he passed away when I was six. So oh, never really got to ask, but um, I haven't asked any of the family members why he gave me that name. Uh, it kind of just takes away the whole effect of having an unknown name. Why, why I have it. So I keep it that way. Yeah. Right. I mean, embrace it for what it is. Right. Right. That's cool. Well, <laughs> tell our listeners a little bit. So uh, just so they know, uh, you know, what your background is and and why you're a guest on the Animal Control Report. Okay. <laughs> um, I can start a little bit from the beginning, and then I'll speed it up. But don't hate me on this. I would say maybe more than a decade ago, I didn't know animal control existed. I always thought the police handled all types of animal calls or anything like that. And the reason is I've never seen them in my neighborhood. Hmm. Um, I moved out um, of that city and maybe when once I drive by it or anything like that, I maybe still see them once in a blue moon. But I felt like they were never really visible around the area. So I got into licensing, uh, canvassing the areas and everything like that. Um, one of my friends uh, was in a shelter and they recommended this position. I was like, okay, it's a, it's an introduction to a new career. And I didn't have any, you know, animal handling or anything like that. And I got into licensing and I would see those units parked at the shelter, talking to the officers and everything. And it became a little interesting. Um, they would show me how to handle dogs or any type of wildlife. Cause we would get a lot of wildlife there. And from there, um, maybe it took like a year and a half of licensing, I applied for animal control and I got the position. Um, after that, it was just a learning experience. <laughs> Everything, I felt like maybe we got like a week of training and it was go out there and do your best. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Or get trained by somebody who also doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So you try to pick up bad habits or not pick up bad habits, but I mean, there's, there's always a way to handle things. And I remember it was probably within a month, I got a situation that kind of just was probably one of the most scariest times I've had in my life. And it was a German shepherd and they said it, they said it was confined in their backyard, but it was really just uh, down their driveway. And the way this dog was acting was just all teeth. As soon as I showed up really big German shepherd and I'm there with my catch pole, never used the catch pole before. And the one thing I'm thinking is I can't let this dog go back onto the street. If this is the way he's reacting just because I approached him, could be a lot of bad news for anybody walking out there with their kids or anything like that. 
And so it just became a struggle of trying to get this dog until I asked for assistance. Um, and the way that officer came, I kind of learned from him and just kind of carried on through the rest of my career, but he acted calm. He mm-hmm. talked friendly to it, no matter what, no matter what way he was acting. And I mean, the dog still, you know, reacted the way it did, but he was able to get it on the catch pole. He may have been flipping around and everything like that, but I took, I took that little message there for myself. That's huge. Cause the number of times, so I have community service officers that come and help me every year during the summer months. And that is the biggest lesson anybody who's going to be, you know, long-term or short-term going to be dealing with animals is they read your behavior. They, they act based on their owner's behavior. I've had so many that, you know, the owners are screaming at us, the dog's all teeth and barking and snarling. The moment I actually get the animal away from the, the owner who's no longer screaming at anybody, I'm getting kisses and, you know, the dog's my best friend. And I don't think people grasp how true that is. Like, I'm not exaggerating those statements. I'm not making this crap up they read your behavior 100%. And this is true. They got a a nervous newbie just trying to get by the day. And yeah, that's what he was taking from me. Yeah. I talk about that a lot. And I think our body language says so much. I I try to mimic like working dogs when I talk to dogs. And I know people are like, what does that mean? But like working dogs, I think just have the most respect in the dog community, especially with our domestic dogs, because they, you know, they deal with livestock and they just know how to talk. Have you ever seen the movie? Man, I think it's, is it Secret Life of Pets Part Two? Anybody? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think so. And the dog's name is Rooster. I don't it's remember. Been a while. Yeah, so it's been a while. <laughs> Rooster, Rooster lives out on the farm and then they go like visit him. Oh, he's like the top dog, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's okay. Rooster, man. And then the little scared dog, whatever his name is, wants to be like Rooster. But Rooster's just like, excuse me, my dog wants to be like Rooster too. <laughs> What's going on, boy? Um, but he like, you know, Rooster has this just demeanor about him. And though it's very cold, not cold. I don't know if cold is the right word, but like just different. Nonchalant. Yeah. Yeah. Ambivalent, maybe. I don't know. It's just you take that approach with dogs that give you a hard time. It just it works every time for me. Like we we have this gigantic dog right now at our shelter. And I think if you did not know dogs or dog behavior, you would think that this dog is aggressive or I mean, it could be dangerous because it weighs like 175 pounds probably. But, <laughs> uh, you know, just taking that approach to it and, and just, you know, knowing that like you're in, in charge in that aspect is important. So getting it out of the kennel, getting it some airtime, you know, that, that type of stuff is good. Although that being said, that doesn't ever mean let your guard down. I recently had a situation. Um, I got called in for an agency assist because there was a dog out in the County that was aggressive and the deputies were out there trying to get the dog. They'd been out there for two hours already. And they and my dog's going crazy yeah our dogs are just both of our yeah. dogs are going crazy make some noise on my end or yeah. <laughs> start barking universe like get, get, let's go um but this dog actually lo and behold i figured out later on that it was actually one of the dogs that i had declared dangerous in my city before that wow. likely was dumped And unfortunately, um, due to circumstances, you know, I, I had the dog following me for a while to get it back to my vehicle. Um, but anytime I got within five feet of it, it, it charged me. And of course it was raining and it was slippery. And so it was just an all around bad situation. We had a daycare up the way that we had woods that it could have gotten lost in. And at one point, one of our final tries to get a catch pull on the dog at turn and it charged at a deputy full teeth like was going to eat the deputy and the dog got put down Mm. 
know, the, the deputy did shoot it. And I, I stand by the fact that I have no problem <clears throat> with what the deputy did in that situation. So everybody was calm. So I will say 95% of the time, your demeanor can change the dog's behavior. Also, I just, I hate cops that shoot dogs, period. I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'll say it live on, on TV. I hate I, cops who shoot dogs. You don't need to. There's there's really like a point zero percent one zero point one percent chance that like you actually have to shoot the dog. That's just my the dog was it, within it, less than a foot of him. Use a taser. Here's the thing too, is that um sorry to interrupt you too. No, you're good. Man. This is your um, show. You're you are the guest. <laughs> this is your show. I I mean most videos I see or anything like that are here about cops shooting the animals is because the I mean, they're not prepared to go out there um, with the right equipment. Uh, some of the cities that one of the first shelters I was in, they were starting to sign the, the officers, um, the police officers, uh, catch poles in their okay. units. So when they went out there, they're like, they were very proud. Like, especially if they caught a dog, they're like, I did it. I did it. They almost yeah. turned into like a little kid. And you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, most of these situations you see them is quick to the draw, right? Because they think they're just going to grab the dog with their hands. Mm. and it's going to be okay from there but you know there's you get a wild dog or anything like that you got a muzzle you look a little quick whip boom maybe another one and then we're going to put the dog you know, put the dog back in your car and then it's a whole struggle of them opening the door it's a situation it, well so, in this particular situation they had already been out there for two hours prior to me getting out there right but what did they what did they bring with them to catch these dogs um they also had catch poles okay um you know, they, they did have equipment that they were trying, um, lots of treats, and the dog was truly not having it. This dog, I have suspicions of at least three bites um, to various people over the years. I can only really prove one of them for sure. But I have a suspicion of three bites, all of them being very significant bites to somebody who was absolutely not antagonizing or um instigating the fight the bite um, i just think it's truthfully cops that have that mentality because let's be honest they're trained in a way of like life or death you know and, and i get it it's not an easy job i'm not denying that i just think from the aspect of they're not trained you know, when I was in Colorado, we, we trained cops on how to properly interact and understand body language of dogs due to a shooting that occurred in 2012. Chloe was the dog's name, um, you know, just basically murdered on the end of a catch pole uh, because this cop, Officer Price, who's now a Denver police officer, he was with Commerce City. Uh, of course, that's how it works, right? You you yeah. screw up at one agency, you just go to the next. I, I uh so I, I get it in that aspect, but um, he just shoots the dog in cold blood. And it's like, there are there are a few videos that I use that it is a justified shoot, you know, in some aspects. Um, but for the most part, it's that's the only tool that they have. And that's the only tool they truly feel comfortable with. And I think uh, in most cases, it could be avoided. Now, some people may disagree, you know, uh, I'm, you know, and we're, we, we talk about it all the time on the show as far as you know, what animals present public safety issues and, and what should happen in those moments. But I'm just not a fan of it. Like, I, I think that, you know, in most cases, it's not as humane as people think it is. There was a case out of Loveland, Loveland or Fort Collins, Colorado, that resurfaced recently because they were civilly suing the police department. Well, it was justified and then it was reopened by the county or the city, whatever it is. And now it's still under investigation because it's not a justified shot. Uh, this cop had much reactionary gap, much time to look at this situation and make a better decision. And he shoots a 10 month old puppy. So, and then the dog didn't die right away. So again, it's, that's what my point is. It's not like though um, shooting a dog could be considered uh, a approved method by the you know, the AVMA, American Veterinary Medical Act. Is that right, Bishop? Association. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's why we have you here. <laughs> Though it can be, if it's not done correctly, then this animal suffer. And the animal laid there for over 15, 20 minutes before it was sent 
to an emergency vet because this cop with this ego wanted to argue with this lady um, for 15 minutes. And the, the, the reason that the cop was there in the first place, it was such a minor incident. It was like a trespassing call where they were in a parking lot, like spray painting something. Not They weren't even spray painting like a building. They were spray painting something of theirs. It was just an open area where they could do it because they were like, they had some truck or something like that. So uh, it just stuff like that. Uh, it irks me. And I know there's two sides of it. Some of our listeners may agree. And I'll put that as a poll, actually, when I post this. Do you think cops should shoot dogs in situations that other methods can be, you know? Mm, I don't think that's fair wording. All right, well, think of the poll, and then we'll add it. What, what do you want? Well, because to say, do you think cops should shoot when there's other methods? Well, if there's other methods, obviously not. There's always other methods. The trick question? Or... Well, I think I, there's always other methods. I would like to have seen you in this particular situation <laughs> and see what you would have come up with. I mean... There's never, there's never been, and I've done this job now 13 plus years. There's never been one situation and I've been attacked uh, multiple times by dogs that I ever thought like, man, I wish I had a gun. You wrestle? Do I wrestle? Yeah. Well, the dogs in the attack. <laughs> uh, you know what really, I mean, it, it comes down to, in my opinion, like a having the tools that you need. So having a bite stick being close enough to your catch pole, if that's something you need at that time. Right. I mean, that, all that stuff is important. All that stuff. It wouldn't uh, justify if maybe two or three dogs were coming at the officer. That's what it was. It was, I had three dogs coming at oh. me. And so I got out, the call was a dog bit somebody. Uh, they were like uh, bullies type dogs. I know Bishop, you love hearing that. <laughs> and I get out and they're on me like that. And so that's my own fault. Uh, tip to new officers. New officers don't ever park exactly in front of the location <laughs> that you are going to get out at. So they're on me quick. And I was able to use the bite stick. And then I, I was able to get back in because I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a big catch pull person, but in that situation, it's a hell yeah, I need the catch pull. So I grabbed the catch pull and we're good. Like we're on it now. So, you know, I'm, I'm in there and, uh, I get, I get one, I, I basically, I get one in a yard and I'm able to like get that dog out of the yard with the pole, get it on the truck while keeping the other two at bay. And it's always one that wants to start that shit, you know, like, so, so you pick that one first. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then you get that one on the truck and then one, I was able to then rope. And then the third one jumped in the window of the house. And then I was able to issue a ticket once the person got home. So you do roping as well. Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's my way. That's the, <laughs> yeah. I got to learn that still. Dude. It's such a good, good tool. Such a good tool. And it saves running too. Yeah. I'm not fat. Well, I like to run, but I'm not fast like that. So he likes to pretend he's a cowboy. <laughs> that can't sing. That can't sing country music. That's yeah. That's a special that hat true. on the dash too. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not me. That's not me. So anyway, that's just my opinion on it. That's a strong take. Like I just think that uh, it's a bad look. Like cops shouldn't. Like you know, the whole, just chill out with the guns, bro. Not that they don't need them. They need them. They definitely need them. But there's other ways. They're not trained in it. No, it's the only defense I got. And they should be trained. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's let's keep it moving. I want to I want to read an article because I think it's fun to discuss certain things on this show that just come up and in our profession and things that we can you know potentially have influence on. So this article is from thedailymail.com. That's the Daily Mail. No. Well, it is the dailymail.com or the dailymail.co.uk, depending on where you're reading. You ready for it? Yes. Maybe. Florida teen, of course. Oh, boy. Florida teen charged with animal cruelty after being filled, filmed attempting to force a baby alligator to drink alcohol before dropping it to the ground. 
A Florida teen who was caught on camera attempting to force a baby alligator to drink alcohol has been charged with animal cruelty regarding the illegal handling of the creature, according to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. The baby gator was found in a Tampa parking lot and suddenly became uh, a plaything of two teenage boys who began picking it up and manhandling the reptile. A fellow teen who was in her own car at the time witnessed the cruel treatment and told the boys to stop what they were doing, but they continued to mistreat the gator. <clears throat> Sorry, I got to scroll past all those photos. A lot of photos. <laughs> we'll post some of those. In another frame, the animal was seen having an aluminum can of alcohol iced tea placed at a snout in an attempt to get to get it to consume some of the beverage. The footage, which depicted the pair harassing and illegally handling the young alligator, was sent to a Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, who has since pressed charges against one of the boys seen in the footage. The video was recorded by Lexis Thomas, who witnessed the pair mistreating the creature. They were throwing it around, force-feeding it twisted teas, basically tormenting the little thing, she explained. The group were causing the alligator distress. We went up to them to say it wasn't funny, but they laughed in our faces. My main goal was for the parents of the kids to see the video, she explained. I guess this is the police department. The FWC released a statement over the weekend acknowledging the video and uh, noting how the investigation had begun into the teen's involvement. The lack of respect and responsibility displayed towards this animal was disheartening, said Major Rob Rowe. Our officer exhibited exceptional investigation skills and swiftly identified the individuals involved in abusing in a, in abusive and illegal behavior. We are committed to preserving Florida's wild, diverse wildlife and serves as a strong reminder of consequences, consequences, consequences <laughs> of such actions. Thomas said he was pleased that the FWC had taken upon themselves to pursue charges in hopes that Others may think twice before abusing animals, although she had hoped the entire group would face consequences rather than just the one individual. The FWC advises against handling alligators, even if small, due to their dangerous natures. So what are your, what's your thoughts on that? Universe, I'm going to start with you since you're on <laughs> Um... I'm a little mix of what my conclusion is to this. Is it? I mean, like a form of punishment kind of for these people. Well, it hasn't, they haven't said what the punishment, right? Is. I mean, it's just been charged. Yeah. They didn't, how they didn't say how old the kids were teens. Um, teens? let me see if you can, well, yeah, it doesn't, didn't say the age, but you could, you, they're definitely like high school teens put right. it that way, based on the photos. I guess it's just that phrase, boys will be boys. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Some think that, though. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's that thing. It's like we can't control everybody and we don't know what their upbringing was. Mm. If they learned about, I don't know, they could have been doing this to their, their dogs, cats growing up. Mm. Um, just until someone just finally recorded them. Uh, it's a tricky subject. Um, about teaching the youth, um, you know, as they're growing up, we don't know if their schooling has any type of teaching like that, or they just, they're in a, a household where they just don't care. Anything kind of goes. Uh, that's why I'm kind of on the fence on this. Cause I'm not, I'm not saying what they did was right, of course, but we don't know what their upbringing is as well too. Um, cause I mean, you can have the best parents in the world as well too that are there for them. And then maybe the kids just don't reciprocate and just are their own person growing up. True. It's true. Bishop, where are you at on this? I'm thinking about it as far as what, um, my area would actually charge it as. Um, and I don't know if I would be able to get it charged. Well, it's interesting because some reptiles aren't considered animals in code, depending on where you're at. Right. Well, and it's wildlife. So 
really, I don't think I would be handling it anyway. I think it would be um, the DNR that would. But because my the only statute I can think of would be um, no person shall treat an animal in a cruel manner. That's the entirety of it. And then we have to go to uh, Webster for the definition of cruel, which is willfully causing pain or suffering. Hmm. I like trying to get it to drink alcohol. Is it? Are they Why am I the only one that's like, where the fuck these teenagers get some twisted tea? <laughs> oh no, I have that thought as well. But okay, I cool. Realize, I realize that they're teens, and it's yeah. really not that hard. They always well, got older brothers or cousins, and yeah, I mean it's not. I mean, I was a kid, right? Like, yeah. I get it. But still, or whoever, whoever. So first off, if I'm charging this, I'm going after whoever got an alcohol, because that starts there. Like yeah, you know what I mean. Like that behavior pattern starts sure. there. So, if they got it from somebody willfully, or did they steal it? True. I mean, that's also a possibility. But if they did, then that's a that's a red flag. And then, you know, like. I think a couple things have to happen. I think there has to be uh, a meeting with a counselor. Like, let's talk and, and understand why this stuff's happening. I'm all about that. And then I think, personally, I think there needs to be, like, uh, significant, when I say significant, 24, 48, 72 hours of community service, clean up wildlife areas. That That's what I'd yeah. make them do. I'd make them get swamp boots on <laughs> and and go clean. Well, and I was thinking about that too. Like if I was going to be able to dictate what their consequences were, some kind of, yeah, work with wildlife, but also possibly even putting them in a, excuse me, shelter setting where they have the ability to actually see the animals who have been involved in cruelty cases come in Mm. and they have to look at that aftermath and, and deal with those animals and potentially realize, oh shit this is what I could have caused. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Anyway, so they can learn and yeah. see it firsthand and be like, okay. This wasn't funny. Yeah. Um, but and I just, whether I'm just trying to figure out whether or not my area would have even charged it. Hmm. And I don't know if they would have. I, I've been getting a lot luckier lately with some of my charges and a lot of that has to do, I think with, I file my reports and then every couple of weeks, Hey, do you see this report? Hey, are you going to charge it out? Hey, do you need anything more from me? Mm. And I'm not letting certain ones go because they need to be charged out. Um, In fact, I was actually, uh, scheduled for, I got subpoenaed for a jury trial. Um, so we're actually going somewhere with some of my cases finally. Tomahawk Live Trap has been manufacturing humane animal capture and handling equipment since 1925. They work directly with animal control officers around the world to develop and improve their products so that they're as safe and efficient as possible. Save 10% on your next order by using discount code DCAC Report. Visit them online at www.livetrap.com or call them at 1 800 272 8727. That's good. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I think in the aspect of the aspects of, you know, our ability to get involved and um, make some sort of an impact where we're not allowing behavior like this to continue. Like it's, you know, they did it. Hopefully they understand that it has consequences and, uh, you know, hopefully like no one's like, oh, that was cool, guys. Like you should do that all the time. Like, no, absolutely not. Right. Like, and so if they can learn from it, I mean, that's ultimately the goal that I think all of us want to see is how do we make sure that this doesn't happen again at the end of the day? Yeah. Right. Cause and it's then, so quick. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I, I guess it's just one quick thing to pull the finger. Like you're just in trouble now. 
So there's no discipline or any type of way to like, uh, you know, teach them. Yeah. I mean, there has to be some sort of um, a teaching moment. There's no doubt. Right. Like being able to, to step up to the plate. And, and I think they'll, they take it pretty serious. There was a case. They said, well, we on the air together when the, um, I think we were, cause I remember in, in Denver, I got in trouble, not in trouble, but like my boss wasn't happy with me, like making a comment about these two boys, these two teens that shot a deer, but it wasn't dead. And then they tortured it. Mm-hmm. And I was very strongly opinionated about it. And I forget what, like what my boss was upset with me about. And I'm like, I'm not representing the agency, bro. Like this is just a professional slash personal opinion. And, uh, yeah, I forget what it was all about, but anyway, uh, like, like wild, like abusing wildlife is not cool period. No, and it leads to other issues. I mean, yeah, wildlife are animals and that still constitutes the link. It certainly does. Need some more coffee, dude. Oh man. I'll tell you. Well, so, well, I guess I'm on your, your time zone now. I'm in California too, man. So (laughs) I don't know how you'd be doing it. You got me waking up at 4 (laughs) a.m. Ain't that the truth? Well, let's jump into pick of the litter. Bishop, you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm I'm ready. Universe, you ready? I guess so. Do you know about about the pick of the litter? Yes. All right, cool. The pick of the litter is a game. Well, you already know, so we don't need to do it. Uh, We'll just let Bishop take it away. All right. What is your official title? Uh, animal control officer two or corporal. Okay. How many times have you been bitten? Never. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> How long have you been doing the job? 10, 10 years. Wow. That's great. That's um, great. I have wrestled the dog. Uh, my teeth. Well, I don't know if it counts as a bite, but my hands did graze his teeth. So it gave me some cuts with that. Did, count it, as being did, bit? did it break the skin? Yes. Would you quarantine it? Yes. Then it's a bite. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's count as that then. <laughs> but a minor, very minor bite. Good job. <laughs> That's good. That's real good. Uh, Muni is having an issue. Yeah, he's he's not liking me not paying attention to him this morning. <laughs> he's like, Dad, you know, this is what happens, man. We sleep and when we get up and then we go outside, but we ain't do that yet, man. So why are you over here on the microphone? That's what he's. That's the look that I'm getting right now. How many? Oh no, we did that one. Dan is just slow on the uptake. Uh, no, it's in there. Oh, I just have to hit tab. Whatever. <laughs> what is your spirit animal? Forgot about that one. Uh, <laughs> well, a, we're not really supposed to be asking it anymore because it's 2023. We're supposed to ask, what animal do you most likely identify with? Truthfully, like people will be, I just got in trouble with that. Not in trouble, in trouble, but I was out with somebody and I asked them what their spirit animal was, and they were like, um, "That's not culturally appropriate." <laughs> Mooney, is that not culturally appropriate, boy? <laughs> I'm just gonna give it an answer. Good. Uh, I guess a panther. I don't know. Uh, something quiet. Something to sneak through. That's mm-hmm. uh, any type. Uh, I worked grave for quite mm-hmm. some time, so any of the calls that I do I had to go into um, any type of PD calls, I had to go in like if I wasn't there. So. Mm-hmm. What is your go-to snack? Hmm. Doritos. What flavor? <laughs> yeah. Ranch. Is it Cool Ranch? Cool Ranch, yeah. It's the only flavor. Yeah. You know the last time I had a freaking Dorito? <laughs> Whose fault is that? <laughs> my stomach. They're all over the place. Like my stomach's time. fault, okay? <laughs> uh, have you adopted any animals you rescued on duty? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a more than one story. <laughs> um, yeah, I got one. Um uh, we used to have on call on one of the shelters I worked at and I got a call somewhere around three in the morning stating that a, someone got arrested and that PD is waiting in front of the shelter with the animal. So 
So I went to go see what was going on, and the police officer opens the door, not knowing like anything about what's in the behind his door. So he just opened it, <laughs> and yeah, you know, great way to say here you go, and a dog flies out. Um, and there, like behind his in his seat, is the smallest three month old like uh, multi poo, hmm. little black oh. and white thing, and it was just you know whimpering, doing his little foot pop moments in the in the front, and I fell in love like just. As soon as he opened that door, it was kind of like revealing a present to me. <laughs> and I guess the transit got arrested and they had this dog with them. Um, and so we give about 10 to 15 days for the for the owner to claim it or, you know, get some kind of contact to say, hey, I'm going to be coming this day and then we'll hold it even longer if that's the case, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tried calling the person, leaving messages, and I never got a response within those days. So I immediately adopted him as soon as he was available. All right. I I have questions for both of you. So you said that when people get arrested, mm-hmm. law enforcement automatically knows to bring the animals to the shelter. Was that in all of your jurisdictions? Like you said, you've been to it several different places. Oh, no, they were just being nice. <laughs> okay. Most of the time they wait for us to for us to get there but they call you yes they they notify you they expect the animal to leave the building when the owner has been unless they have a family member that can pick them up okay or a friend a family member that they trust the owner trusts to be like okay i I can leave my dog with them but in in that case if they don't they call us dan what about you well on call you mean i no. okay i guess let me set this up (laughs) I cover four jurisdictions. I have two different police departments I work for. In one of my jurisdictions, it doesn't matter if they get picked up on an OWI and the animal's in the vehicle. If a family member or friend cannot be contacted, animal goes to the Humane Society. It is considered held for cause. I hold for um, four days. That's our stray hold. Unless it's going to be euthanized, then we hold for seven. That is in one jurisdiction. I have another jurisdiction that I have been going round and round with because people get arrested from the house. Officers are in the house at the time. We have access to the animals. Let's say dogs and cats. So not something you can just leave food out for for a couple of days. And I get told, nope, we're not taking them. It isn't our responsibility. That's the owner's responsibility. And I'm struggling so hard because the way I see it, that's abandonment. We We have knowingly taken the owner. The owner may be uncooperative and unwilling to provide us names for people to come watch the animal. But our officers are leaving knowing that there are living, breathing creatures in that house that are not going to have somebody to care for them. I consider that abandonment. Yeah, that's not a good situation there. Because, I mean, they're just expected to feed themselves, clean Mm -hmm. up after themselves. and Apparently. And it's the summer. Like, wouldn't you just have windows open in your house, too? Like, I I don't know. I have no idea. I, and I have been, and that's the thing. Like, if these people don't have uh, any family or friends as well, yep. too, I mean, they're just they're hermits, and these are their friends, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, what was the actual question? <laughs> what do you do in your jurisdictions? Do you for take aban- for abandonment? No, no, no. Yeah. Just uh, uh, she was just giving examples of. No. Um, if they call you. Oh, when the cops are out and then they leave the animals there. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I got lost in the weeds. It's fine. <laughs> not it's hard fine. for you to do. No, no, <laughs> not at all. A um, couple of different things. So when we were, you know, um, when, when I was in the field, mainly in Denver, uh, cops were pretty good about calling us when they had an animal needing to go to the shelter on when we were like on duty regular. For the most part, there were a few cases where we'd get a call from the hospital that like somebody's there and, and their animal wasn't wasn't transported. Um, 
wasn't transported when, you know, the person went to the hospital or something like that. So, uh, th- that definitely happened. And then on call, we would get that a lot where it's like, Hey, uh, although this person's going to the jail, uh, <laughs> they have two cats, uh, or they have a dog. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no worries, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in my skippies right now. Um, it's going to be like 90 minutes, 90 minutes, bro. 90 minutes. I live 60 minutes away. I got to get clothes on. Like, what do you expect? I'm not, you know. Yeah, so especially mo- getting that call. They don't know that you're in bed sleeping. and dead sleep. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like, I try to remind, remind new office. Like, just let them know. Like, look, man, we're not active. Like we're not out patrolling. We're sleep at home. Some of us sleep naked. I don't know. <laughs> uh, do any of y'all sleep naked? I'm just curious. <laughs> Since I brought it up. No. No. The summer's coming up. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, you know, anyway. Um, I mean, but someone brought up a point recently. They were like, well, but if you sleep butt naked and emergency <laughs> happens, then you A, have to look for clothes when you get up or B, you're just going to run outside naked. So just keep that in mind. You don't lay it out next to you? <laughs> I mean, it might be on the floor. Yeah. It might just do one quick roll and boom. <laughs> just jump in both feet. <laughs> But, uh, so once you explain like, Hey, FYI, like this is like, cause a lot of these cops just don't know, right. They have no clue, no clue whatsoever. So it's like, Hey, yeah, I'm at home. I'm sleeping. You woke me up, blah, blah, blah. Or dispatch woke me up. So I'll be there when I get there. And then they're like, oh, okay, cool. We'll, we'll see if we can transport the animal. And then a lot of times they can. But the animal still leaves. Yes, Exactly. So, and one thing I I did fail to mention is there is a cost associated with taking the animals to the shelter. And that's where the biggest hangup is for them, because what we do is if the animal, whether the animal gets picked up or not, if the owner does not pay the fee, the city or municipality pays the fee to the, excuse me, to the Humane Society And then we will bill the owner because we have now paid it. Hmm. We bill the owner. When the owner doesn't pay, we intercept their taxes. This other municipality just is like, no, we're not paying the money. So we're not taking the animals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm struggling so hard with their not wanting to take any animals for any reason. I don't even know why they contract with me. And they don't, uh, you guys don't go back to give food or water or anything like that. You guys are just separated from the whole situation. I am the one and only, and I can't just go into somebody's house without their permission. Right. You can just do it off duty. Steal the animal. <laughs> well, and, and that's like, I'm not going to go back multiple times a day to walk a dog or even let him out of the house to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Like, I can't be responsible for that because then if something happens to that animal in that house, now who's liable? You. Exactly. Whereas mm. if I have it at the shelter, A, less likely that something's going to happen. B, they have better resources. See, it's what they're contracted to do. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's jump back Sorry. in. <laughs> Amber or emergency lights? Yes. Uh, emergency lights. So you got red and blues? Mm, one of the checks, but no, not all of them. <laughs> uh, mostly Ambers. Okay. But you're allowed to run emergent with the no. red and blues? Okay. No. no. Okay. State or department required certifications? Yes. If he's in the state that I'm in, the answer is yes. Yes. 832B, baby. Yeah. I got to go take that in two weeks. That's how I know. <laughs> Did you do uh, firearms too? Uh, I don't know because I just got here. But is that part oh, of the okay. 832? I mean, it's unless you want to do uh, for the dart gun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we will need to do that. I'll need to okay. do that because that lives in my office. Okay. <laughs> It's great that we have to go back for that thing. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not with you. Go, hey, somebody go get the dart gun. Uh, PPE, firearms, baton, OC, what do you carry? 
uh, baton and OC. And the last one, if you could ride along with anyone, who would it be? I think Kevin Smith. Is he a comedian? No. That's Kevin <laughs> he's, a dir- Hart. he's a director. Oh, yeah, no. Kevin Hart's the... Kevin Smith. Uh, what, what the movie he directed? Oh, my God. I'm already blanking on it. Um, it's uh, with Silent Bob and... Uh, uh, see, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, he did Clerks. You talked about Clerks. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly who I was thinking. But he oh. isn't he also the actor too? Yes. Like, he's like the long haired dude that looks like he could play in a in a band that covers nineties <laughs> grunge music. Yes. Yeah, that that guy is awesome. <laughs> but he, yeah. is he a comedian? Or no, no, he's he's just, just a, an actor. The director, yeah. Director slacks. I mean, yeah. it's his own movie, so he puts yeah. it in for that, and then he just throws himself in. I'm not supposed to even be here today. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in decades. I should watch that again. Yeah, it's been a while. <clears throat> it's a good movie, though. Good movie. Well, my daughter was named after one of his movies. Was, uh, after an actress in... Amy? Dogma. Oh, Dogma? I was going to say that first. <laughs> her name's Dogma? No, Serendipity. I know what her name is. <laughs> but he didn't. Yeah, it's true. No. <laughs> nope serendipity came from dogma universe what do you have anything for, like for us feedback or just anything we didn't talk about you want to make sure we get out to our I, listeners it's it's great I, having just fellow acos on so <laughs> i don't i don't know if you guys are pressed on time i just want one thing i no, want to go we got time go okay yeah, um about the whole uh going in first when it comes to pd calls oh mm. uh-huh. hmm. um mm-hmm. do you have any type of experience where it just felt very uncomfortable and safe, unsafe. Uh, I know from my own experiences and then from hearing it from other officers, SWAT will often say, Hey man, they've changed over the years, but they'd be like, Hey, we need you to go in first and get the dog and we'll be right behind you. (laughs) Seriously. Like, and I'm not the only, I'm sure plenty of officers have this experience too. Uh, we had a case where there was a guy barricaded in his vehicle and SWAT was on scene. He was making some threats and SWAT was like, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pepper ball the front of the car and then we need you right here at the back. Here's where you're going to stand at this flank. And as soon as we pepper ball, this guy's going to open the door. You're going to get the dog and then we're going to get the guy. <laughs> <laughs> one so, swoop. Yeah, one fail swoop. <laughs> uh, and then eventually, um, I was like, I honestly... I, I, and I know people are probably gonna be like, Daniel, you're not trained on this. Well, I kind of am like, I'm not a hostage negotiator, but I feel like animal control talks better to people than police do. Mm-hmm. I really do. Cause we don't have that ability to just be like, sit down, shut up or, you know, any of that type of shit. It's like, Hey, how's it going? You know, I think that our, our words are a weapon. Yeah. We have, when we go out there, we have nothing with us. hundred <laughs> percent. And, you know, being able to disarm people with those words are super, super duper important. So I don't know. Um, So, yeah. How about how about you, Bishop? Uh, No, my department is very, very conscientious about they'll have me on scene, but they will make me. I've had warrants that were my warrants. Mm. The person was never hostile with law enforcement there was domestic violence but there was they weren't hostile with law enforcement and i was told wait in your uh vehicle until we tell you it's clear to come in hmm. so that's the way it should be what about you university you had you recently had experience with that uh yes i, I mean I've, I've dealt with a lot of them but this one this one felt really bad <laughs> and it, it kind of leads up to what you were explaining to about uh, PDB behind you. So someone called for a welfare check. Uh, they haven't spoken to their father in a few days and they're, they're worried, lives alone. And before I go in, I hear like the neighbors like chatting amongst themselves saying that, you know, they see people coming in and out of this home. Hmm. So they're not really sure. Like they know he lives there, but the other people are kind of just coming in and out of the house. There's a pit bull that they hear inside the house. The door is locked, of course. And they can hear that the dog's running in and out of the house or inside the house, all around in all the rooms. 
So they're like, uh, well, you go in first <laughs> and we'll be right behind you. And it was already dark. It was maybe like eight o'clock at night. This is when the sun went down at four in the afternoon. And mm. I'm like, okay, uh, here I am with my pole. And I start stepping in and auto as soon as they open the door, it's like 110 degrees. So they, this guy had the heater on just full blast. And there's about 15 cats in there. Oh, Jesus. I can see. And the whole place is filled. The inside of his house looks like what your garage looks like. I don't know if you have a clean one, but (laughs) (laughs) it's like everything you can possibly think of is in his living room. And he somehow he had made a pathway, very tight pathway that led into other rooms. But everything was filled with debris, bikes, anything you can think of. It was just like a canoe was in there or something. And cats running all around. And there's feces on this path as well, too, melting from this 110 degree weather that he has going on. Who knows how long he's had that that thing placed on. And I can hear the dog. And all we have is flashlights. The lights are out, too, for some reason. He has no light bulbs. Mm. And I have about five PD officers guns out, flashlights on, and I'm in front. And while I'm walking through this path and just smelling all the feces and feeling the heat, I started thinking, what am I supposed to do here? Am I supposed to think that I'm hearing these neighbors talk about there's people that come in and out of this house. They don't know what's in here except for that dog. How do I not know turning a corner, there's going to be just some guy, some other guy, just then they're going right to drink there. me or something. Yeah. And I'm going through the hallway and I keep my flashlight <clears throat> like to my chin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and chin to shoulder kind of thing. And I'm walking to every room and they're right behind me. And I'm still thinking like if I make a wrong move and someone gets trigger happy, there goes my head. Mm-hmm. And I'm checking through each room. There's about three of them. And I'm looking around. Every room is filled with trash. Like who knows what? is in each room and I check one boom no I start hearing the dog growling but you don't know where in the house he's growling like okay just keep it cool and I start heading down some more and we're creeping up and we I look to my left and I see a broken window and I see cats jumping out of it I'm like okay I know they can leave whenever they want so there's no problem with the cats (laughs) maybe I can get some but I know they have access to leave you know whatever situation is going to happen. And all like on that bed was just a bunch of debris, like unlivable in this room. Mm. And I look to my right and I see the dog. Dogs growling, all teeth. And for some reason, there was a barrier built in front of this, this doorway. Like he had placed weights, chairs, weight, more weights on this chair. And he just created a wall. I don't know how the dog was getting through, but he was getting through somehow. Hmm. And right behind the dog was someone to my, uh, their back to me, Hmm. but slumped against the wall. Hmm. And I was like, um, I look back at the officers, like I found both of them. And it turned out the the guy had passed away, I guess, days ago. Wow. And, you know, he left left everything the way it was but you know i got the dog was scared i got him no problem um yeah put him in the unit but you know it's a it's a situation like that it's just the whole time you're thinking like there's kind of no turning back at this moment yeah right especially in those those hoarder type houses that you know whether it be animals or stuff i mean it's usually both right hmm yeah. Did they did they debrief after that? Did they go, huh, maybe that wasn't the best idea? <laughs> I don't think any of us mentioned it. <laughs> okay. I left kind of traumatized for like a week or two. And I mean, I've been doing this for so long. I don't know why I didn't speak up. But it Could... felt very uncomfortable um, just going down the hallway because I really didn't know what to expect. They didn't know what was inside. And here I was in front. Yeah. Tough situation. I had mm, not not the same, but 
kind of similar where I had to call my CSOs off. Dispatch wanted to send them to a report. It started out with two dogs in a car that look like they're in in distress. The windows are cracked. Car's not running. Oh, and by the way, there's somebody sleeping in the car. And I was like, "Mm -hmm. no, you're going to call my CSOs off and you're going to send an officer. Because who knows? I mean, if that person is sleeping in the car, we've had it where there was a person sleeping in the car and our parking goes to like knock on the window. Dude wakes up and he pulled a gun. Wow. Now it was an airsoft. So, so it, wasn't, it doesn't say it on the front. Exactly. But it, exactly. Like you tell that to the officer that pooped his pants. Exactly. <laughs> and that's all I could think of. And I'm like, no, you are not sending CSOs who literally have less than I do. They have significantly less training. They, they don't have all I've got more than them is a baton. Like, no, you're going to send an officer to that. Definitely. But yeah, those are not situations we should be going into unless they want to train us for it. Or arm us. Both. That's a, that's a conversation <laughs> for another another time. Before we go, before we go, I'm curious, <laughs> both of your thoughts. I'm just going to ask it on air. Bishop, I, I apologize for not asking this off, off air. Okay. How would you feel if the show pivoted a little bit and started to bring on people just from the public who've had experiences with animal control, whether they've gotten ticketed or charged, et cetera. Is that an answer for both of us? Or? Yeah, you, you both. Oh. Man. I mean, you're, I mean, cause you've been a listener to the show. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I've always been uh, thinking that's a good idea because they have a lot of questions. Like I said, yeah. it's, it's always a learning thing and yeah. I have friends that always ask me questions and I got to yeah. educate what's going on. And then, they, they still have a lot more and it's like that's my job learning everything every day and it just continues to keep growing i've just been thinking about it a little bit so i'm just curious what your thoughts are bishop I th- if you can find people that are going to want to yeah i mean that's always <laughs> unless you get someone just screaming at you why they got cited well i mean i wouldn't it wouldn't be like somebody i made contact with in the field <laughs> we can put out we can put out requests you know in different areas uh there's so many social media groups, you know, Hey, have you ever had contact with animal control? Would you like to come on the show? Kind of thing. Or you'd be like, here's a site in a business card. No, we're not doing that. Bro. It's not happening. I'm trying to live two separate I'll, lives here. I was Dan, just I'll give them your business card when I issue the citation. That, that'll actually work. I was just on, there's a episode, a couple episodes coming up from the podcast. Uh, shoot. It's called something about animals. What? Um, it's Marika Bell's podcast, and she's been on our podcast. I have to look it up now because it makes me feel dumb. <clears throat> this is what makes you feel dumb. Well, my memory does. <laughs> the deal with animals. See, I knew it. It was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> and we were talking about that and how you know, as much as I love doing the podcast and and some of those other things, I really do try to keep it separate from my day to day. So, yeah, but uh, good luck uh, finding people to do it. It's not in a harsh way, but it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. people that do want to do it. That's that's a great idea, though, because that does lead to a lot of conversations. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, cool. Any other any other questions, Bishop? You got anything else? I don't. Universe, you got anything else? Uh, no, the, thank you very much. You know, absolutely. First time caller, long time listener. My man. <laughs> <laughs> Been here, you guys, uh, quite a bit, like half a year or something like that. Um, the one day I was like, well, I was in grave for a very long time. So I was like, uh, what can I listen to at night besides all my usuals? Mm. And I just searched animal control and then yours is one of the first ones that pop up. Woo-hoo. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> We appreciate you, you know, being a, a friend of the show and, and taking the time to come out on this early Sunday morning on the Saturday. Pacific Coast. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. 
Well, we usually record on Sundays, so that's yeah. fine. Everything, it's, all, it's all fine. No one cares. It's fine. I'm fine. It's Everything fine. is fine. Um, I don't know when this thing records, but um, or I when it airs. You had a yeah. If you had a good Fourth of July, or be careful out there. Yeah, no, it'll be July. after. It'll be okay. after. So yeah, um, I'll be I flying over, over the United States during the night. I did that intentionally because I want to see oh, all the fireworks nice. from above. Nice. That's actually a pretty cool idea. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Well, like we always do on the podcast, thanks for listening in. Check our website out, keepithumane.com. Use discount code ACREPORT for 10% off your order. And like, share, and rate. You got to like, share, and rate. Like, share, and rate makes our podcast more reputable. So we need that. So make sure you do that. And uh, keep it... Humane. 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 Let's go. <laughs> hey, make sure you check out our website, keepithumane.com. We have a upcoming virtual verbal de-escalation training, and it's only $25, so sign up now. Make sure you get in there. It's going to be on July 27th, and all the times are listed on the website. Go, Please go to www.keepithumane.com for more information. Hope to see you there. Thanks.